Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average. Today, only at Paris, I, uh, if you're watching visually, you can see that there's a little tiny shadow. That's actually La Tour Eiffel, that is the Eiffel Tower back there. I'm going to give you a better look in a second. You know what? Let me do Let me do this now. If you hear sirens and honks, it's because Paris is quite noisy. But I had to spice it up for a Q&A episode. Kill the intro, sis. You know she's not your average show, not your average show. If you're not watching, this isn't interesting. Just know that there is a beautiful sunset falling on Paris and I have a big balcony because I'm here working. I hosted some segments on Amazon Live and they wanted a really beautiful backdrop. So I found this apartment and uh, the irony is everything is blown out. <laughs> In short, you never know where you're gonna end up. I'm gonna take a sip of coffee. Uh, I guess we should start with some life updates, right guys? So a lot of you have been DMing me, which I love. I absolutely love it when you DM me. I don't think you guys realize, like, I genuinely do check the inbox. I check the DMs. I check the emails. I read everything for the most part. And even if I don't respond, I respond to probably like 99% of it. But if I don't respond, just know I'm thinking of you fondly. And I'm very grateful that you took the time to write to me because it can get a little isolating, like creating content and working just always via cameras. Like when you are always standing in front of a camera, even though hundreds and thousands of people see your face you often just see your own face which is very unfortunate if you're like me and your joie de vivre is connecting with others which is why i took this trip to paris to begin with i'm here to see some friends some really cool people and i haven't been here in four years this is actually where i got my beginnings i studied abroad here in paris in 2012 and i was so broke i recently opened a journal before i came to london And the journal said, Joe, you're in Paris right now living your dream, except it's not how you thought it would be. You only have $12 in your bank account and a credit card with thousands of dollars of debt, but you're happy. And so to come back here and be in an amazing apartment, getting paid well to host a segment for brands and just, it's pretty shocking. Like I had a, a few coming to Jesus moments, a few like full circle moments in the last 72 hours since I've been in this nice flat. Hold up, I'm gonna take a sip of coffee. So yeah, overall, I'm feeling very grateful, booked, busy, blessed. Uh, in one week, I closed deals with American Express, Adobe and Amazon. And this is wild because the influencer marketing industry, this is how it works. You basically work for six months, no one hires you for anything, like there are no brand deals. And then one day you wake up and your inbox is full of opportunities, but it just so happens to fall on the same day. So then it looks like you're nothing but a spam machine. So guys, if you're on my Instagram and you're seeing tons of ads, please, <laughs> please support your girl because I didn't post anything branded for six months. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, 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 bam. But to my defense, to my own humble defense, I really believe in all the things that I'm promoting. These companies are getting smarter and better about giving everyone opportunities. For instance, this is not paid, but I'm telling you guys about this because I really believe in this. Adobe Max is a huge creative conference, one of the biggest in the world, and there is a free live registration 
to go to different workshops about everything Adobe related and creativity related. So you can really like master some skills. Okay, let's not get carried away. You're not going to master skills, but you can sharpen your skills in Photoshop and After Effects. If you guys want to develop your content making skills, I'm linking this in the show notes. Again, this is not sponsored. They did sponsor me on Instagram, but not on the podcast. I just really love the fact that there are creative conferences with actual resources available for people on the internet. So if you're not aware of that, like you should check it out. It's happening October 18th to the 20th, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm working on that. It's American Express member week. Another really cool thing. You guys are getting the behind the scenes. I've been an Amex member for several years now. And when a brand like that reaches out to you, you're like, damn, that's cool because I actually use this company and I love it. So collaborating with them and then Amazon, another really cool partnership that kind of changed in the end. I was hosting Amazon live segments about travel essentials. Overall, amazing. Like when I refreshed my inbox and I saw emails with those names in my inbox, it was a moment of gratitude. Like, holy crap, this is insane. Other really cool, exciting things. I sold the first ever Joe Club corporate package. Vincent, if you're listening, thanks for believing in me. And what that means is that Joe Club will now be a B2B business as well as B2C. Like B2B means business to business. I did some research and I realized companies are investing a lot in mindfulness for their employees, but they have nothing in the journaling space. And so that's what your girl's coming in. And it's just a testament to the fact that I started Joe Club in 2020 and only like five to seven people would join the, the sessions, but it didn't stop me from doing them every single two weeks because I, I got so much out of it. And you really won't see the fruits of your labor for years. But if you're consistent, one day you'll wake up and there's an inbox full of opportunity. And, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Like I've done this so many times, but it never fails to amaze me. Truly, the special sauce in all of these Not Your Average Joe episodes, it seems to be consistency. So really, this should just be called How to Be Consistent, the podcast. And it's not easy. It's pretty unmotivating when you see stats are low or when you see, you know, your numbers could be so much higher, but it shouldn't unmotivate you because, again, you work, work, work. And then one day you wake up full of opportunities and you wonder how this happened. And it's because the last three years you've been killing it working and it just takes that time to build the momentum. So, okay, in other news in my life, since you guys are dear friends of mine and we're just hanging out on this Not Average Joe episode, I have started film school. You guys already know that. You should know that because I've been talking about it a little bit. I've started film school and we're in week four. So I'm doing a master's program for filmmaking. And this was a decision that I made partially to go to Europe and have a reason to be there other than like, because I want to be but also to enrich my storytelling skills and to really have structure. Because my main pain point, Joe Franco, is I have great ideas, but very bad organizational skills. It seems like I got it all together and I somehow pull it off, but I'm not organized and I'm definitely not a planner in the way that you need to be to make a TV show, which is my next big goal. So I signed up for this filmmaking program. People have been asking me what school it is. It's Rain Dance. The program is super affordable and that was part of the reason I wanted to do it. But really, the reason I wanted to sign up for Rain Dance was because it was the only program I found that was called a negotiated master's degree, which means you build your own final project. In short, you sign up, you apply, you get in, and then they ask you, what do you want to have completed? What do you want to have put into the world by the end of your program? I'm doing the part-time, so it's going to take me two years. Some people are doing full-time. And you could do, I mean, I'm doing a master's in filmmaking, so that covers so many different genres. So people are doing screenwriting, some people are writing shorts, people are making film noir, short films, and I'm making a series, like a TV show. And I have been getting my hands in the thick of it, like proper researching. I have to put together a bibliography of all of the books 
Then I'm gonna read, I'm studying up on documentary making, on the foundations of storytelling across the board, on how to write and execute voiceovers effectively, like, so that's part one. Then part two is gonna be mapping out production schedule, mapping out the segments. There's a research paper involved. So all of this is happening. So that, that happens once a week, but you're working on it throughout the week. You get assigned a mentor. I absolutely love my mentor so far. I have a feeling he's gonna be a mentor for the rest of my life. We love Paris ambiance. They assign you a mentor. My mentor is great. He's actually the director of the whole program. Shout out to you, Justin. And they work with you on getting you to your goal. Like they're keeping you accountable. So I'm really happy with my decision to go to filmmaking school. If you're thinking about doing it, could be something worth considering. Again, my program was super affordable in comparison. A lot of the programs were like 35K for the year, which I get because you're paying for that network and that you know experience. But for me, it didn't make sense because I, I have so much going on. I can't do full-time because I have like 12 full-time jobs. So anyway, Anyways, it works. I'm happy. The other program that I never told anybody about, but I'm telling y'all because you guys are, you know, my, my dear friends at this point. I signed up for another master. It's kind of like a master's degree, but more like an intense six month speaking program. So if anybody listened to episode 16 on the podcast, you might have heard the voice of Dave Raymond, who is a speaker. And that episode is really interesting. We talk about building your own ultra ego, your own superhero for the moments where you feel like you personally cannot overcome them. So anyways, Dave Raymond, super cool guy. He ended up referring me to this invite only speakers training, free two day training. I went to New Jersey and I took this two day program sometime in, in the spring. And this program was so spectacular. Like these people train some of the world's highest paid speakers, some of the most successful speakers. And they also run this master's program for six months. So of course, without hesitation, after day two, I was like, yep, sign me up. It's a really big investment, but it's one of those investments that will return. I already know it. So I'm just in this era of self-investment, which is, I guess, takeaway number one for this non, non-traditional episode. Like there probably won't be many other takeaways, but takeaway number one, if there are any takeaways in this episode is how are you self-investing? Slash, that's a takeaway question. How are you self-investing? Because I think the minute I decided to start self-investing, whether it was to go to my writing workshop that I did in Italy in the spring or the speaker's two-day training that then evolved into the six-month program or film school, those things that I'm investing in are actually bringing in such beautiful people into my life, such new ideas. And for the first time in a long time, I feel truly like engaged. I feel like all parts of me are being utilized and that's where I feel my best. Your girl's a little tired, but she's feeling good. Because if you feel stagnant, that's just like, it's like a pool of stagnant water. And there's a reason why stagnant water stinks. The honks get it. So without further ado, before I keep rambling on to the screen like I always do, I want to ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing? Send me a message with how you're doing. How do you feel that it's almost the end of the year? If you need a little boost of energy, we will be doing some really cool Joe Club events coming up this Sunday on the 16th of October. There's a creativity session, Unlock Your Creativity. I'll link that in the show notes. There's also gonna be a Franglais workshop if you're studying French. I've run these before. I'm collaborating with an amazing French teacher. So it's gonna be like a French class combined with live journaling workshop. And that's happening on October 22nd. Also linking it in the show notes. And uh, if you wanna invest in yourself in those ways, amazing. Sign up for the Joe Club newsletter because that's free and it happens every week. And we give you resources and questions, prompts, playlists. You got everything you need. And if you wanna join Joe Club, you already know what to do. Go to joeclub.world and sign up for the year because I'm actually creating cohorts for the yearly membership. So if you sign up for the year, you're gonna be put in a group, small group, 
10 to 15 people and you're going to be going on a journey of 12 months together. So I'm talking monthly check-in calls, monthly specific prompts to guide you through your journey, like your Joe Club year. I'm taking this company to another level. Like I really want to add value in people's lives because it brings me value. And I'm catching my stride, y'all. They can't hold me back now. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, all of that information is in the show notes. And now I'm going to get into the Q&A. I asked you to submit questions via my Instagram at Joe underscore Franco and the pod's Instagram at not your average Joe pod. I'll just pull some random ones. At Sam underscore Gillum says, will you consider doing meetups slash live language learning panels across the world? Well, Sam, I would love nothing more. My program, my speaking program is basically where I'll learn how to master the art of giving a keynote speech. And a keynote speech is basically like a TED talk. I've been getting booked for a few keynotes and they've been going well. But the thing is, I'm horrified of speaking in public. So I'm actually pushing myself to do this to get over my own fear. And once I am done with this program, at some point in May, I will have such a tight speech. Your girl's gonna be applying to Ted. You know she will. And of course, I'm gonna be peeing my pants and sweating before I go on, but that's just a sign that you're alive. If I'm not scared, I'm not alive. Speaking in public scares me. So yes, Sam underscore Gillum, that is my goal, is to really take what I've been doing digitally and bring it to real life all around the world and bring language into the mix because I think that's my superpower. I think language and introspection are my two superpowers and connecting people. If I can do all three of those things, I'm a happy girl. Next question. Will you do any language specific podcast episodes? Yes, I've done a few already with other polyglots. I mean, the last episode I, I released was with Richard Simcod. We talked about language there. A really great episode about reclaiming the narrative of your story by learning the language of the culture you're from. But if you do want any language specific, like language, language specific, please DM me. What are you looking for? Do you want to know how to speak a language, how to learn a language? Like, what, what do you guys need? We could do a language specific Q&A. That sounds fun. Have you celebrated your birthday alone? What did you do? Kiro Desi asks. I haven't spent my birthday fully alone. This year I spent it in London. I spent the first half of it alone, which I actually love doing. So I started, I always start my birthday journaling because I want to do kind of like a year recap of what I've lived and what year I want to have next. And uh, we actually created a Joe Club prompt pack for members that you get on your birthday. I was the one coding all of the automations so that there's a trigger when you put in your birthday, you get added to a list and then an email goes to the list and then you get your prompt pack on the day of your birth. So you can also be introspective on said day. So anyways, I start my day with journaling always. Go to a coffee shop, get a really nice artisan coffee, like crispy, delicious, well-made with a little flour in the cup. I have pastry, gotta have a pastry in there. Probably a pain au chocolat, like a chocolate croissant situation, a good scone. I went shopping, got some nice dresses that I may or may never wear, sad. It's no longer summer. And then at night I went salsa dancing with my now ex-partner where it was lovely, but it wasn't, I mean, we knew it was the bitter end of the relationship kind of. And birthdays are always chances to like bring back relationships. So anyways, if you're wondering, should you spend your birthday alone? Honestly, I do recommend it because I think it's a really good way to be introspective and to make the day about you, like spend the day doing what you want to do. That's my new motto. On birthdays now, I do what I want to do, whether that's taking a trip or going salsa dancing. And whoever wants to come or whoever I want to come, I invite. And if they show up, amazing. If they don't show up, I'm still having a good time. Happy birthday to all of the October birthdays. Constructed underscore adventures asks, how long are you in Paris? Great question. I was actually supposed to leave tomorrow, but I extended my trip. 
because I realized I came and I, I went full-blown work mode. So many people ask me like, Joe, how do you travel for a living? What they don't realize is that when you travel for a living, you're 99% of the time working while traveling. Amazing. I have an amazing view. Like my office is today, the view of the office is the Eiffel Tower, but it doesn't mean that I'm like frolicking in Parisian parks, having a baguette under my armpit, singing La Vie en Rose. I'm like in front of my computer, working, editing, filming, hosting stuff. Not to say that I'm complaining, but when you travel for work, you almost don't get to travel. So I extended my trip so I could enjoy my life a little tiny bit more, which is why I'm leaving on Saturday. Long answer to a very small question. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. XXKari111 asks What do you do to regain motivation and remove intrusive thoughts? Great, great question. Motivation is something everybody struggles with. This is the human condition. And I think that thought alone is very comforting. Like whenever I'm unmotivated, I realize like everybody, even very high performing people feel unmotivated sometimes. There are two ways to approach lack of motivation, in my opinion. You can just be burnt out. And if you're tired, like whenever I'm tired, I'm the first one to be like, shut it down. Because I realize I'll be so inefficient if I force myself to work that it's a lose-lose. It's just like I'm getting 20 minutes of work done in five hours because I'm so tired. So if you're unmotivated because of genuine fatigue, like take a break, take a break. Realize that you'll get so much more done, so much more efficiently if you just rest. The other lack of motivation is because you are focusing on some wrong things such as metrics, rewards. Let's call them numeric reward systems, whether those are grades on a test and you're scared, you don't even want to study because you're scared of getting a bad grade, or you're focused on like views in my case or numbers, or you're focused on promotions and you're not sure if they're going to come. You lose motivation when you're thinking about these things that are kind of out of your control. Whenever I'm in that funk, because it happens and it happens pretty often, I usually take a step back. I literally journal. This is not to like toot the Joe Club horn again. It's true, I do. I journal, I ask myself, why Why am I struggling here? What is the underlying issue of this lack of motivation? And usually what I find is that I'm just not having fun anymore. It's like I'm doing a bad job of keeping my job fun. So I usually try to flip everything on its head and find the fun so that I'm motivated because then it's not work, it's not grueling. It's an enjoyable time that I'm spending with myself, creating or whatever, getting some ad task out of the way. And then the other tip that I have was on another podcast episode. It was my friend Patrick, who's an entrepreneur. And he said, if you're going to eat shit, don't nibble. AKA, if you're going to do something difficult, if you know you have something hard to do, just get it done. Because the more you wait and like linger, that 
energy, the anxiety of the anticipation of the task is actually worse than sitting a booty down and getting it done. And that I think is a really good reminder. Knowing that your anxiety and your anticipation of whatever's looming over your head, that is actually bigger and far more challenging than the actual task that you need to get done 90% of the times. And if it's hard, honey, good luck. Okay, great. Another brilliant question. What are some of your non-negotiable daily habits and why? This was by Biggie underscore photo dump. So daily habits. I always start with the basic stuff. I, I think I got this from the Netflix show. Like I wake up in the morning, no matter where I am, what I'm doing. And I put myself together physically. Like I wake up, I do my hair, I do my makeup. Even if I'm staying home all day, I just get it done. Personally, I just feel like I'm ready for the day. And that changes a lot of my psychology. I always do my, my bed, make my bed. On most of the days in my life, I will write. I will write whether it's in one line a day, my little five-year memory book, which I've been doing now for two and a half years, or I write journaling. Like if I'm super stressed out, I don't care how much I have to get done. I will write first, first thing in the morning. Another non-negotiable, I have a, a ritual style coffee moment. This happens all over the world, no matter where I am. Usually that's paired with my journaling. Sometimes it's paired with reading, but it's basically my me moment in the morning. I'd like to say that I work out daily, but I don't. I haven't worked out in quite some time now. And that's usually when I'm busy and I, I end up not feeling like myself. So when I get back to London, that's the first thing I'm gonna do is like go for a run and work out. I drink tons of water, tons of water. It sounds like a silly thing, but really like, I'm addicted to water and coffee and wine, but mostly water and that just keeps me fresh and it makes me stand up to pee on those long work days where I'm glued to my computer. And then I guess every single day I create something and I think that's something great to highlight. I purposely put that on my habit tracker, create something, because I feel like if I go a day just doing admin work, busy work, I will feel bad when I lay down. Like I want to create something and put it into the world on a daily basis. Whether that's an IG reel, a TikTok, or, you know, write something for Joe Club's newsletter. I just want to create and it's a muscle. So the more we do it, the better we get at it. I guess in short, like you just kind of analyze what makes you feel your best and, and try to do those things as often as possible. But we're human. We fall off. So if you're struggling to maintain habits, it's totally fine. You are going to be fine. You will get back on the horse. Same thing with language learning. I, on better days, I'll study language for at least 30 minutes. I'll listen to a song in a different language. I'll listen to a podcast in a different language language. That's not every day. Sometimes I go through waves where I'm doing it every day and then I fall off, but I always come back. And that I think is the main point. Even if you fall off, if you go back, that's one step closer to developing that habit and or learning that thing. Another great question. Abigail.Griebelbauer asks, what was your favorite part about filming the Netflix show? Amazing question because it's all connected to why I decided to go to film school. My favorite part about filming the Netflix show is not seeing these amazing houses. Like, yeah, that was amazing. It really was. Honestly, okay, yeah, that was probably one of the best parts. Being in these luxury resorts and villas and flying in helicopters and climbing glaciers, like these experiences that I would have never had otherwise, I'm so grateful for. It was absolutely spectacular and I'm blessed and thankful and the list goes on and on. But I think the main, the main thing that I really wanted to preserve in my life that I realized I, I didn't know I was missing is that teamwork aspect of having a crew and knowing that if you work with people who are better at their jobs than you are at yours, you will learn something and the final product will be better as a result. So I really enjoyed set life. I enjoyed making the show, which is why I decided to go to film school to make my own show. Because as I was shooting the show, I was like basically one with the producers. I was, I was always talking to them about segments. I was always curious about the schedule. I was always curious about how they wanted scenes to come out and and how, how could I, as a host, help 
help shape that narrative. So it's like, how do I reverse engineer those qualities that I fell in love with while shooting the show? I make my own show and, and I get those elements. And of course, I want to see beautiful things and travel the world, meet amazing people. So you know that that's what my show is going to be all about. It's just going to have a linguistic twist and I cannot wait for you guys to see it. It's going to take two years though. Hold on to your panties. Okay, great question. T.Esley asks, have you always felt comfortable and happy in your femininity and with female friends? Funny enough, I went to a therapist because I was having some issues of my, you know, relationship situation. Like the relationship itself was really great for me to open my eyes to certain things. And what the therapist said was that I have a little bit too much masculine energy. So this question is actually pretty ironic. I look very feminine and I am. I like putting myself together in a feminine way. But if you ever meet me, like if you meet me in person and you see how I work and you see how I move, it's a little bit more of the masculine or assertive energy. I have been so self-sufficient for so many years in my life that I, I'm very bad at like receiving things. I just assume people will not do things. So I do them myself. So while I look very feminine, I do have masculine energy. And a lot of guys I've dated have literally told me I make them feel less masculine simply by just being who I am. And I'm like, damn. So this is a really interesting concept that I've been talking to friends about and thinking about to myself. It's like everybody, whether man, woman, non-binary, we all have a mix of yin and yang energy. Maybe you want to call it feminine or masculine. I would rather call it active, passive or receiving and giving. We all have a balance of those energies. When I feel my best is when I'm able to do both. When I'm able to be assertive in my work while still feeling a little bit feminine. But then in my relationships, I want to feel that balance as well of like I can handle things or they can handle things and I could be a little bit more assertive or I can actually receive great things. The therapist was like, oh, honey, I think we need to work on your feminine energy. And I'm like, dang, girl, okay. She had a good point. So have I always felt comfortable in my femininity? Clearly, no. As I got older, I started learning how to dress myself, how to put myself together. And I think those things help. But um, I grew up a tomboy and I was always hanging out with my brother and his friends. And so I don't think you'll ever take that out of me. I, I will always be a little bit of both, which I dig because that means I can get along with several people of all kinds and, and I can chameleon myself to whatever's needed in the situation. I'm curious what you guys think about this. Uh, can you please DM me or comment on Not Your Average Joe Pod? What do you think about this whole conversation of femininity, masculinity, masculine energy, feminine energy? like? Do you struggle to fit in one side or do you feel like you have a mix of both? Or is it the people in your life that bring out certain sides in you? Similarly, like my guy friends, we talk about how if they're with a woman who's hyper feminine, they're less likely to be vulnerable or to show their vulnerabilities because that dynamic almost forces them to be such a stable rock, a masculine rock. And that usually comes with this misconception that you don't have emotions and you cannot be vulnerable. Whereas if a woman is hyper aggressive and masculine, the man might not feel as masculine or as assertive because he's being dominated and then he'll feel a little emasculated, which is again what men have told me several times. I'm like, yo, it's not my fault. <laughs> Okay, it is. I was raised by a very strong mother. Strong mothers raise strong daughters. And, uh, and now I'm trying to take the edge off of my assertive energy. Send help. Wow. T.Esley asks another brilliant question. Do you ever get sad about always being on the move slash traveling, wishing to stay in one place? Wow. What a... Just like... Can you please call me and we could talk about this for hours. I'm the queen of melancholia, of saudade, of longing. I'm the queen of nostalgia and I always say I have so much love in my life, but it's never in one place. No matter where I am in the world, I will always have Paris's honks. I will always have a tinge of longing 
to be elsewhere with someone else. Of course, I try to stop thinking about that because if I was thinking about that all the time, I'd be depressed. But I do think travelers do live with a deep sense of saudade. It's a Brazilian word that's untranslatable. It's, it's more than missing something. It's longing. It's like this deep melancholic longing. So we live with that because we know what's out there. We have relationships with people in all corners of the world. And wherever you are, you will be missing something. You will have the longing for something else. There's the positive side that I think it adds character, it adds empathy, and all of those things are, are really powerful when it comes to connecting to people and places and things. Not everybody lets themselves feel the sadness because it's easier to numb it, but I certainly love feeling my feelings. So every now and then I get a good old cry and, and you know, you keep in touch with the people that you love, but yes, I do have sadness that I cannot be in all places that I love at once. But I do have gratitude for when I reunite with those people and those places, knowing that this too shall end. And so I need to appreciate it while I have it. It's depressing, but beautiful all in one, you know? Oh my God, a ladybug just flew on me. My nickname in Portuguese is Joaninha. I was gonna flick it off, but now I'm gonna let her hang out. Maja underscore Meyer asks, how to deal with guilt of being far from family after permanently moving abroad? Y'all are hitting me with the good questions tonight. I felt so bad when I first moved abroad. I think the ladybug is in my pants now, but I'll find out later. Anyways, even when I moved to London, like I've lived away several years. I've lived away on and off for periods of my life. And for instance, like the first time I moved abroad, it was only three months, but I went to Mexico, Costa Rica and Ecuador and I left my nephew's birthday party, his first birthday party to leave for three months. And I felt so guilty because it's like this tiny little human. My nephew was just born and I was ripping myself away from the beautiful moments of his development. And like, that sucks. But it was a, it was for my career. It was for my, my état d'esprit, like my, my spirit in a sense. So I didn't regret it, but it was really challenging. Like I struggled with the guilt and that feeling doesn't really go away. Like I lived in Paris, I studied abroad here in 2012, felt guilty about that. I felt guilty when I moved to New York because I wasn't able to clean houses with my family on the weekends, which is something we did with my mom growing up since I was eight years old till I turned 18. So then I went to Manhattan and I remember being like, wait, what do people do on the weekends? Because I've never really had a weekend because my entire childhood weekends were synonymous with cleaning and working to the point where I felt so guilty when I started traveling and taking bus rides on the weekends to Boston. I'm like, who the hell am I to do this? And I think that's why I wanted so badly to turn the traveling into work. Wow, this has become a therapy session, guys. But the reason is because I felt so guilty that I'm like, if I'm doing these frivolous things that I don't need to be doing, I'm going to turn this into something because because uh, what? Like, I'm not just going to travel around the world and, and take photos and not turn it into a career. That wouldn't be me. So that's kind of the story of how it all began. It, it was a story of guilt, guys. Never noticed that, but it's true, it was. And then when I came to London, same thing happened. The first two months, I was definitely homesick, feeling a little down, missing my siblings, missing my nieces and nephews, my mom. And then I remembered, I was like, shit, this is just a part of the process. Like, I know that after this feeling comes the new connections, comes the new foundation, which then shortly thereafter began developing. It's almost like you have to get over the homesickness and guilty hump for the good things of the new place to show themselves. And that just comes with time. Okay, and I'll end this question on the same note because I think I just kind of answered this. Zachary Renas asks a question that I always get. How can I turn my life into traveling? I love science, but lengua viaje ties first. So, okay, I love science, but lengua slash viaje ties for first. Both, question mark. So, Zachary, my answer to you is start 
sharing your process. There's a really good book called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon that I was recommended by a YouTuber. And that book is basically talking about, especially if you're in the creative world, or even if you are a scientist or a PhD student or whatever you're doing, we're living in an era where you can share your journey on the internet and attract a community, which will then allow you to build things for the community and for yourself and also just document your own process. So if you love languages, you love science, like, I don't know, make different pieces of content in different languages about different concepts in science. And it doesn't necessarily need to be video. Video is not everybody's cup of tea. Find your format. Is it writing? Is it podcasting? Is it video? I don't know. I do think it's powerful to share your work and these skills are all very learnable. Like you can learn these skills. I'm self-taught. I never had to go to school to do any of this. For me, that's how I turned my love of travel and languages into a really amazing career that has grown bigger than I could have imagined. It was showing the work. It was working on a craft, you need to have a skill. My skill is editing and crafting things. Like I can make things and that's really important. Your skill might be different, but once you know that skill and you have your interest for you, could be language, could be science, whatever, you combine your skill with your interest and you do it consistently and you reach out to the right people and you build better relationships, but you, you put the work out into the world and it's only a matter of time before that yields into something lucrative or you could find a job that allows you to travel. And there's so many different amazing travel opportunities in the world today. Flight attendants, obviously, or you can work at a travel management company, which is what I did right out of college, which is a company that books corporate travel. Ironically, the company I used to work for and quit to become a full-time entrepreneur, that was the company that booked all of our flights for the Netflix show, which is wild because I was the girl booking flights for other people when I had graduated college, knowing so badly I wanted that to be me. And then a few years later, it was me. But I was working in the travel space before I actually was earning a full-time living traveling. And that I think is key. It's like getting your foot in the door and telling the universe, like I'm in this world, I'm in this space. Because once you're in the space, whether it's cruise ships or flight attendant or whatever it is, you will meet people that will undoubtedly change your path, change your life, and you'll see ideas that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. So it's like, it's hard to know what you can accomplish or what kind of career you can build if you, you're standing paralyzed, strategizing. Most important thing is just starting. And I think that's it for the day. Tons of amazing questions. I wanna do a Q&A like this every month. I'm glad we got to catch up this month. Happy Latinx Heritage Month. Yo soy Latina, so Brasileira. I'm an Afro-Latina and proud. And I'm actually going to release an episode with my brother soon about our immigration story. And it's such a good one. I just want to give it the editing love it deserves. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to click in that show notes box because you have so many goodies in there. We have a seven day free journaling course that we have developed to teach you how to turn journaling into a daily habit amazing material, totally free. You can just sign up with your email and you'll get every single day for seven days, you'll get a course. You can also sign up for the creativity workshop that's happening this Sunday, Joe Club. And I have trained facilitators. They're amazing. This week, we are having a session be hosted by Remy, who's an entrepreneur, brilliant person and has now become a friend. There's also the language journaling workshop coming up in Hongli at the end of the month. You won't want to miss that if you're studying French, because a lot of people struggle with communicating and expressing themselves. And these language sessions for journaling, they're going to bridge that gap because it doesn't matter how many hours of Pimsleur you're doing or how many, you know, courses you're doing on whatever program you're doing. You need to speak it. You need to express yourself and what journaling in a different language and discussing it in a format like live journaling. What that does is it allows you to think your thoughts in your target language, write them down and then discuss them in an open forum full of comforting, vulnerable people that are all over the world there for the same reason. 
to improve their language skills. Hit me up on Instagram at Joe underscore Franco if you learned something from this episode or liked it. And don't forget to follow the pod's account at Not Your Average Joe Pod. Please rate the show five stars if you like it and share it with a friend that you think would benefit from some of these lessons, some of these mentors that I've interviewed along the way. I'm always taking suggestions for what you want to see on the show next. Uh, I'm currently looking for new guests to book. So if you have any ideas, shoot me an email, joe at joannafranco.com with subject line podcast guest. And thank you guys because the pod is one year old, I think around today. So happy birthday to all of the not average Joes around the world. Cheers to many more years to come and to growing together because that's what it's all about, right? Have an above average week. You deserve it. And I'll see you soon. Au revoir. Oh, and the, the Eiffel Tower's lit up. Oh, beautiful. Travel fact, every hour on the hour, the Eiffel Tower glows and it's so magical. If you are planning a trip to come here, make sure that you immediately show up at the hour mark so you could see it glowing. And I think it sparkles for five minutes or 10 minutes. I haven't been here in so long, I forgot. Okay, bisous, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 